Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. So, coming off the weekend we're coming off of, where do you think I would start in the NFL? If you had to guess, it's kind of a fun game, right? What do you think I'm going to lead with? How about this? And I can't believe that I'm going to do this. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I didn't think that I would say this anytime, well, ever, frankly. Here it is. Wait for it. Coming in three, two, one. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Can't believe it. I just said it. Hey, Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. How about that old spud? Broncos country. Russell Wilson. Apparently, there is still some magic left in that old sack of potatoes. And apparently, Sean Payton (laughs) can still coach. And not just coach, but coach his ass off. That old school San Diego area clone somehow has that team back to 5-5 five and five after one of the ugliest 1-5 starts ever. A start so brutal that we all essentially just left that team for dead in a flaming ditch on the side of the road. Yet look at these guys now. Now they're somehow, some way, actually in postseason contention. And Russett does deserve his share of credit because this dude has earned it. He has reinvented himself. He's now third in the NFL in passer rating behind only Purdy and Tua. He leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. I mean, this dude was dead. This dude was a sack of potatoes. This guy was washed. He had nothing. Now look at him. I'm not saying that he's Seattle prime, Russ, but he is much better. Like somehow, some way, this guy did reinvent himself. I didn't think anybody expected that much of a turnaround. I don't think anybody expected anything short of a Peyton potato blowout. A total implosion. Yeah, credit to Sean for getting rid of this dude's personal coaches, parking spot, office on the second floor, and somehow getting his career back on track. And credit to Russett for somehow bouncing back from one of the most brutal off-season smack takedowns ever. Happy to give the sack of potatoes potatoes. some run, some shine, some credit, because the guy's earned it. He really has. He took a lot of heat, and he really has earned whatever shine or run you want to give him because he's turned it around. Happy to throw, what I'm saying? Happy to throw Cringerous, an attaboy. Attapotato. Urr, attaboy. Sack of potatoes. Hey, one more time, everybody. Broncos country. Broncos country. Let's, Let's cheese. Ride. Wait, sorry. Broncos country. Old habits die hard, right? Broncos country. country. Let's hide. Broncos country. No, that's not it. Let's ride. That's not it either. I'm still not used to the whole good vibes in Broncos country. That's the problem. I'm not used to that. One more try. Broncos country. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. They earned it. They earned it. Just getting back to 500 is practically a Super Bowl appearance. So if you flip those Bronco vibes on their head, then you probably get the vibes in Pittsburgh right about now. Am I right? Because everybody in the Berg knows they have an offense that's not riding anywhere. Hell, the Steeler players know that offense is not riding anywhere. 
Yeah, I get it. Nobody looks good against the Browns' defense. Fair. But nobody looks worse than the Steelers. And every quarterback has a rough day against the likes of Miles Garrett and company. But Tiny Hands had more than a rough day. I mean, it actually justifies the alarm. His day was so bad, I can justify popping that alarm. I mean, dude was horrendous. He was. Tiny Hands just got outplayed by a fifth-round rookie making his second career start yesterday. And Matthew Nova Scotia's offense was just outgained for the 10th straight time this season. And if you're tired of watching that crap, you're not the only one. Even the Steeler players themselves are tired of watching that crap. Tired of being a part of that crap. Tired of their own offense. Check out Najee Harris after the game. There's just a lot of stuff that just goes around that just, it's just, it's just that you guys don't see. Um, that's what I'm, it's just, I'm just at a point where it was just like, man, I'm just, I'm just tired of this shit. You can do two things. You can look at the record and say, okay, we're still good right now. But look at the record and be like, if we keep playing this type of football, how long is that shit gonna last? Right. I look at it like, how long is that gonna last? I mean, where do I start? Number one, that is not a guy to sit around and just let it go like that. Number two, that line about, you know, you can look at your record and say, hey, we're good, we're fine, we're six and four. Or you can look at our record and say, how long is that bleep going to last? And he effectively said, that's how I'm looking at it. Like, how long can we keep this up? I look at it like, how long is that going to last? He said there are two ways of looking at it, but I'm going to look at it that way. How long is that bleep going to last? I look at it like, how long is that going to last? That's some serious bleep right there. I mean, that's a star running back in the middle of the offense saying, hey, man, how long do you think we can keep this up? We know we're fraudulent. Effectively, he's saying that. We know we're fraudulent. We know we're not what our record says we are. How long is that bleep going to last? Like, here we all are wondering, how the hell are these guys 6-4? and How the hell are the Steelers 6-4? and And now we know. The Steelers themselves are also sitting around wondering, how the hell are we 6-4? and And I would say that that clip is bad news for Matthew Saskatchewan. But apparently that dude is bulletproof in the eyes of Mike Tomlin. Even though his offense gets outgained every single week. And that offense is basically unwatchable every single week. Even to the dudes who are in the offense, playing offense. Like Pickett had a horrible game. A horrible game. Nova Scotia is doing a horrible job. I mean, not to be harsh, but he is horrible at his job. They're outgained every single week. So if Pickett had a horrible game and Nova Scotia is horrible at his job, it's a pretty lethal combination, right? But give Tiny Hands this. Because again, you know me. I'm looking to lift people up. I'm always looking for the positive. I'm the ultimate glasses half full guy. Ask anybody. Hey, what do you think about Jim Rome? Oh, glass is half full. Hey, man, what do you think about Rome? Oh, very positive guy. People know this about me, right? So let me give you what you want. Let me give you what you know. Tiny Hands had a horrible game. But, but, at least he made it to the end of the game. 
at least he threw for 100 yards and finished the game. Coog Hunter, segue, Coog Hunter accomplished neither of those things. Now, we've been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks. What would it take for Bob Sala to finally pull Zach Wilson? I mean, it became such a controversy that when it came up a couple of weeks back on a local radio program, he could do nothing except plead the fifth. I'm going to plead the fifth on all this one. (laughs) Very smooth, Coach. Very smooth. Hey, by the way, we all kept a receipt on that one. You pleading the fifth. Anyway, yesterday, yesterday apparently was the last stand on Coog Hunter Hill because they finally yanked this dude in the middle of getting absolutely destroyed by the Bills. And it was not, quote, same bleep, different day for Buffalo yesterday. That was a big get-right game for them. A must-win game. I mean, must-win times 100. They had to have it. And not only did they have to have that game, but to me, they had to win it a certain way, and they won it in a way they had to. A total beatdown and humiliation of the J-E-T-S. A beatdown that feels like the end of the fantasy. The fantasy that Zach Wilson was better. That Zach Wilson had matured, evolved. That Zach Wilson could take this team anywhere at all. I mean, you want to talk about a fantasy. Dude didn't even complete a pass to a wide receiver yesterday. Do I need to say that again? He did not even complete a pass to a wide receiver. Couldn't even get one ball, not one ball, to Garrett Wilson. Even that was asking too much. You know, a young stud like that. And you can't even get that guy one ball. And then when it was put to Bob Sala after the game, even he was at a loss for words and couldn't figure out how to answer that question. Um, not, you know what, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I'll, obviously, we'll, we'll go back and watch all the tape. and just. Uh, but none of it, like I said, it was whether it's um, – Separation, being more decisive, protecting. Um, Like I said, none of it was good enough. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Yeah, I get that. I understand pleading the fifth on that one, too. Yeah, I don't think you need to study the tape, Bob. I know you don't need to study the tape, Bob. You were there. You saw it live. I know you don't even think you have to study the tape. And you've been the most loyal guy ever to that guy. But if you want to put that tape on, it's just going to show you what it's been showing you every single week since you guys drafted. Not even this year, but since you drafted the CH. 
he did not complete a ball to a wide receiver because, and I don't want to talk over anybody's head when I say this, because he's not a good quarterback. Not good. I have another theory. You know why he didn't complete a single pass to a wide receiver? He's not good at his job either. And no, Bob, he's not improving. And I'm not looking to be gratuitous. I'm not looking to be a hot take factory. I'm not looking to pile on. But brah, Tommy DeVito is already better than you, Coog Hunter. And he's just some local Jersey kid who still lives with his parents and brags that mom still makes his bed and cooks for him. How many local Jersey area kids do you think the Jets could go into the streets and pull that would be better than Zach Wilson? How many dudes are just sitting around the North Jersey area with their thumbs up their asses that could give the Jets more than the Cougar Hunter right now? I'm guessing more than a few. We know of at least one for sure. Because Tommy DeVito is once again already better than the Coog Hunter. Well, you need facts. You need me to prove this to you. So it doesn't sound like just some gratuitous blast. All right. Here's some data. DeVito's got the same number of TDs as Coog Hunter in six fewer starts. DeVito has put up a three-touchdown day in a division game on the road yesterday. Say what you want about Washington, but it's still all those things. A division game on the road and a three TD game. Coog Hunter has never had a three TD day in his career against anybody in 30 starts. And it feels like if we gave him another 30 starts, he still wouldn't come close. But DeVito just did. As it stands right now, I'm not sure Coog Hunter will get another start. Although with Bob's loyalty and lack of options... And it's a short week for them. Who knows, right? It's not like Jet fans can be thrilled watching Tim Boyle either. It's not like Tim Boyle is going to be thrilled watching Tim Boyle either. It's not like Tim Boyle is going to save their season. But at least Tim Boyle is not the Coog Hunter. A.K.A. a QB that can't even jog onto the field without embarrassing himself and the organization. I mean, what an insane moment that was. That almost does feel gratuitous, but it happened. You, you want to talk about having something on film. Everything goes on film. You always hear players say that. Hey, man, I know. I know that what I do out there is going on film. Yeah, well, this went on film. Forget leading the Jets to wins. Forget throwing a touchdown pass. Forget completing even one pass to a wide receiver. Forget all that. This dude can't even jog onto the field without tripping over himself and eating turf. Shout out to the CBS crew for rolling back that replay and putting this dude on blast. Watch Zach on the right, taking the field. Oh, oh dear. Watch. Oh! Dude, you want to talk about sniper fire. Like, <laughs> that is incredible. I hate to say it, and I know it happens to us all. And who am I to say that about the second pick overall in the NFL draft when I'm just some middle-aged dude behind a white desk? But come on, man. That doesn't happen to us all. I have never walked out into life, into the street, and turned around and fell on my head. Oh, oh dear. 
Incredible. No, yes, I did walk into a camera twice. But I never got tangled up in my own feet and then walked into the camera. That was incredible. Quote, oh dear. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear pretty much sums up the entire experience of watching the Coog Hunter every single week. Basically the nicest way you could describe that experience. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Dude just oh dear. fell on his back. Oh dear. Dude just fell on his head. Oh dear. With nobody within 50 yards of him. Oh dear. With any luck, Jet fan, that experience is now over. Not that you have a lot of great options, but hopefully the Coog Hunter experience has now come to an end. Now, you know how misery loves... Uh, we're running kind of late here. Uh, let's not finish this take. Uh, the Coog Hunter fell on his head. I want to talk oh about the Chargers. I think you know this is a big Brandon Staley house, but even I have my limits. There's no way I can defend or justify him throwing that temper tantrum after they threw another game that they should have won yesterday. I mean, Brandon, you got to be better. You got to do better. I know your defense has to be better and has to do better, but you as the coach of that team cannot be lashing out at the media for asking the most obvious questions ever. Namely, why is your defense still terrible? He, he could not have handled that much worse than he did. I mean, bad enough that the Chargers' social media took down the video from the X. That bad. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. We are joined right now by Andrew Whitworth via Zoom, no less. Andrew, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Rome? How we doing, brother? Good, dude. Great to see you. And I so appreciate the visit. And I'm not going to waste any time on this. Let me get right into it. Dude, what has gotten into the Broncos? They backed up their win over the Bills Monday night with another primetime win, snapping the Vikings' winning streak of five games in a row. Wit, what has happened to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? How were they able to jumpstart their season and come together the way they have? Well, I think you look at Sean Payton. I mean, obviously a guy who's been successful in this league as a head coach and uh, comes from that Parcells mindset and, and, and how to run a team and do things. I, I think sometimes, you know, it, it takes something happening to create, all right, guys go, all right, we're going to listen to coach and trust the way he wants to do things. And you look at them getting their face peeled off against the Dolphins, an historic loss defensively, you know, probably bottom of the barrels you could possibly be. And since those moments, really, you've started to see just step by step, week by week, they're finding ways to win games. They're finding ways to make it ugly, play physical football, play better on defense. I mean, this defense has played remarkably well since that game. So I think really you're starting to see, uh -oh, maybe we should listen to coach and maybe we should think about the really the culture and the way we're going to do things 
uh, and go forward as a football team. And I think there's starting to be belief. And I think that's one of the most powerful things a football team can have is a confidence and belief in the system and the way they're going to go about things. And you see it in this Broncos football team. Andrew Whitworth is joining us. What about the Bills? They destroyed the Jets yesterday to stop the bleeding. We'll get to the Jets in a minute when we focus on that Black Friday game. But did this win restore your confidence in the Bills? Or are you going to have to see more from them than a win over the JETS? It did. I, I wanted to see them really play in a way that we all expected, you know, to start this season. We hope this this team would be one of those we're talking about contending to win the AFC and, and represent in the Super Bowl. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of injuries defensively kind of sidetracked that. And I think you, th- I thought you saw kind of the air get let out of that defense a little bit when that happened, losing Matt Milano, um, Tredavious White, and those guys. But now you, you see them have this kind of thing. Can this be something they can build off of and get hot? Because obviously, with the Joe Burrow injury and the things that have happened in Cincinnati, there's an opening for them to try and attack and get in that playoff, get in there, have a chance to be in the tournament. And that's all you want. If they can be hot and Josh Allen can be on, uh, you know what? I think this team has the ability and talent to beat people. And so I think that this is really one of those teams you want to see. Can this be a second half surge from Buffalo Bills and we can put them back in that chance and opportunity to be who's going to take down the AFC and be a chance to knock off the Chiefs? Andrew Whitworth is joining us because you mentioned the Bengals. Let me ask you about that. You spent 11 years in Cincinnati. Where do you come out on them right now? For instance, did their season of effectively end when Joe Burrow was lost for the rest of the season or with that excellent receiving core and running back Joe Mixon can you see a path to the playoffs if Jake Browning can somehow come in and manage games I think the tough thing for them is the the schedule I mean they have a tough schedule going forward and and so I think if if you were talking about hey they would be in a situation where they really just got to go in and have manageable quarterback play and be efficient maybe you could make an argument for that but I think you look at it um, they've been a little beat up on the defensive side of the football too Um, offensively you know need T Higgins back for sure but I I think it's going to be a challenge for them to make the playoffs and be competitive uh, in the current situation and and so that's unfortunate because that's a heck of a football team but the good thing for them is Joe Burrow Jamar Chase these guys are young Uh, you know they got a young football team they're going to be a really good team in this in this AFC for a while now so I don't think there's any reason to panic for the Cincinnati Bengals I just think it's one of those years that injuries has uh, led to maybe probably going to be what an outcome you don't enjoy yeah, it's too bad. I love them. I love them, and and I love Joe. I think Joe will be back. I hate to see that. That's not good for them or the league. Let me ask you this. You'll be a part of history this Friday night as Prime Video streams the first-ever NFL Black Friday game between the Jets and the Dolphins. Let me ask you, what about Miami? They beat the Raiders. They stay undefeated at home, but they are 0-3 against teams with a winning record. Miami, we know, can light you up offensively. I love their speed. I love their skill, but are they built to get to and win in the postseason? That's the question they haven't answered. I think when you look at it, some of these better defenses, teams that have had a plan really to make Tua not be able to go to his first read, get the ball out as soon as he wants to, uh, have have really made them struggle. And then also, you know, let's be honest, with the home record, we know the advantage they have the first half of the year with that weather, uh, the way that stadium's set up, your road teams, uh, I still have no idea how that's even fair uh, being in in the sun for that long. But, you know, they have a clear advantage in those games. And as the weather turns – and it goes against them, and you get into cold weather and a style of football where you're going to have to be physical. 
Uh, and you're going to have to be able to run the football in between those tackles, and, and teams are going to make you earn every yard. Can they play that style of football and show that they can keep winning? That's going to be the question they've got to answer before I think anybody really believes in the Miami Dolphins as a contender in the AFC. So, Andrew, we're about the Jets. Robert Sala had continued to praise and back Zach Wilson before they finally benched him yesterday. What do you think Sala should do going forward? I know he doesn't have a whole lot of options, but in terms of quarterback, what should he do the rest of the season? You know, I think it's tough because we put ourselves in this situation. I think you look at it when Aaron Rodgers went down, there's a reason people around the league and everyone covering the game and watching the Jets the last few years said that we've got to do something. we got to bring another quarterback in. Is there a guy available? Is there a trade that could happen uh, that could just manage you through the season? Because there's no guarantee Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I mean, we've seen their progress he's making. That's great. But those next steps in rehab and everything else of getting strength in your calf, being able to explode and push off that calf, that's a whole other thing than walking around or even throwing a football. So, it's those next steps that we have no idea if he comes back. And now we've got ourselves in a situation where we did nothing. We stuck with what we had and we're still relying on one of these quarterbacks to help us instead of making a move. And so I think the frustration has gone from just maybe the defense is a little upset with the offense to where that entire building is frustrated that we're not finding ways to win. Fan base is frustrated. And now they're saying, who's our options? Who could we get? Well, they're all gone. Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, all these guys have already signed with other teams because we never made a move to just maybe secure a veteran quarterback who could help us if Zach Wilson didn't show the progress and get better like we hoped. Josh Dobbs, too. So let me ask you before you go, we're talking about a Black Friday game, right? So do you need to be a prime member in order to watch this game? This is this Black Friday is going to be open to anybody. You can come on there. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. It's streamed to everyone. Get on Prime Video, watch the game. I can't wait to be a part of it. I mean, last year, to be a part of history and the first ever streaming product of the NFL – uh exclusively and then now uh the first ever black friday football uh stream football game it's it's insane man i i can't wait for it. it's gonna be an awesome opportunity for us and our crew we love traveling every week being on the road and new york city's not gonna be any different uh we look forward to this week jets dolphins it's gonna be a lot of fun it would bonus question i know i've got a window but i know what you're talking about i've done remotes i've taken the show on the road there's an element it's hard man now you might not know any different because this is how you started your media career but what's it like to take that show on the road every single week yeah i think at times in the year uh you forget it's uh it's every week and so you you get home you get unpacked and you're like wait i gotta put everything back in that suitcase i'm leaving in a couple of days so it, it is a challenge sometimes and you're, you're tired from the trips but it's so much fun when we get in that arena that stadium the energy uh getting to talk about a game that changed you know my life and and is something that i love and have a passion for and getting to be around the players and the coaches and everything else uh, I don't think I ever realized I'd have this much fun doing this and, and the crew I'm doing it with, you know, on camera and behind the camera is awesome, man. We we are truly a traveling circus, a traveling family. We have a blast and we love doing what we do. So uh, we can look forward to this week and being a part of history. Uh, I think the last time I was at a Black Friday football game, it was LSU Arkansas fighting for the boot, Jim. So uh, you know all about that in the SEC. So. Uh, you know, this is going to be exciting for us. I love it. Good for you. And you're really good at it, dude. Really good at it. Andrew Whitworth, our guest. Really appreciate you, big dude. Thanks for doing that. Have a great week. Have a great time on Black Friday. And I hope you and I can do it again soon. Yep. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. 
The holiday season is in full swing. It's here, and so is the responsibility of showing up strong with the right holiday gift. Clones look no further than sending Omaha Steaks. They have you covered with guaranteed perfection during their Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use my full name, Jim Rome, as your promo code at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. 50% off and $30 more off? Can you beat that? Score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their mouth-watering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. That's a holiday gift favorite. Or send their easy-to-prepare meals and carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make those receiving these gifts very happy recipients. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless, endless flavor and endless value. Visit omahasteaks.com and save big with 50% off site-wide. Plus, use the promo code JIMROME spelled as one word at checkout and get that extra 30 bucks off your order hurry because the black friday and cyber monday deals at omaha steaks are for a limited time only that's omahasteaks.com promo code jim rome at checkout on the one hand I, I could pose the question has anybody lost any more credibility this college football season than the michigan man himself jim harbaugh think about that for a second because my answer might actually surprise you the answer is, of course, yes, somebody has lost more credibility over the past three months than even Jim Harbaugh. And actually, it's not even close. I got into this last segment. Let me lay it out for you. The person who has lost even more cred is right here in SoCal. That person, obviously, is Lincoln Riley. When Link rolled into town, he was known as the single best offensive mind in college football one of the best recruiters in college football, a dude who had produced back-to-back Heisman winners. And then he showed up here and produced another, which is why things all look like they were more or less going right as planned heading into this season. I mean, sure, the defense came off the rails last season, but he knew that. He knew he had to fix that. So it looked like everything was setting up for a legit playoff run and maybe even a second Heisman and maybe, maybe even a natty. Of course, it sounds all totally absurd right now. It sounds insane right now. But you go back a few months, it wasn't that crazy. Vegas gave them the sixth best preseason odds to win it all. Again, the only question was the defense. Fast forward to right now, and that's not the only question. Fast forward to right now, the defense is still very much a question, but there are lots of other questions. Lots of other questions and lots of pissed off Trojan fans. Things have gone so far off the rails that people are calling this dude a straight up fraud. There are people calling this guy Cliff Kingsbury, which is actually pretty funny because Cliffy is actually on Link's staff right now. Cliff is actually a direct part of the disaster. But Cliff wasn't even a 500 head coach in college. Lincoln Riley, on the other, other hand, is 73-18 and 18 in college. And yet people are calling him Cliff 2.0. That's how far his stock has plummeted. You know, and frankly, that's how much of a knock his rep has deserved to take for this season. Because this season for USC has been a disgrace. This dude has lost five of his last six. He just got waxed by UCLA. Waxed. Just got worked by another head coach who's allegedly on the hot seat. 
and Link is 7-7 seven and seven over his past 14 games. How the hell is that even possible? You have a Heisman Trophy winning top of the draft quarterback, and you're 7-7 seven and seven? with all the advantages of being out here. 7-7 seven and seven in your last 14. None of that is what Trojan fan was expecting. None of that is what any fan was expecting. Like, by comparison, you want a comp? Jimbo Fisher was 8-6 and six in his final 14 games at AM. And that was so horrible and so unacceptable that they paid this guy 76 mil to go away. It's ridiculous. Which is funny. Because, I don't know, maybe it would take that much to get USC to get Link to go away. Maybe they'd have to pay him that much. And yet, and yet there were actually rumors linking Link to AM. How rich would that be? But why would either side want that? Why would AM want him? Why would he want AM? Why would Link leave what was supposed to be the dream job, the one he wanted, the one he left Oklahoma for? Why would he leave that job for the deal that AM apparently is offering right now? You heard last week, AM all of a sudden now is like, we're not making that mistake again. We're looking at an incentive based contract. And then, by the way, why would AM want to throw whatever pile of money they have left? Why would they want to throw that money at a coach who couldn't win with Caleb Williams and has never been able to build a real defense anywhere he's been? Why would A&M, or anybody else for that matter, want that? Maybe somebody beneath them, maybe somebody desperate, maybe somebody wanted to throw some money to buy some cred. But it would take a hell of a lot of money. Who's got $10 million a year to throw at that guy? And how are you going to get a return on your investment? $10 million for what? One in five? Seven in seven? A guy who can't fix defenses? And if that weren't bad enough, There's no ownership. He's not owning it. He's just spewing excuses. It's been a theme all season long for Link. You know, when it gets hot, ban the media. When it gets hot, just start spewing excuses. And of course it trickles down. Of course Caleb was nowhere to be found after that loss. Who do you think he's getting his his message from? The head coach. So, Lincoln actually shows up to, quote, answer questions, but listen to the answers that he was giving after getting rolled up again by his arch rival at home. We've played nine bar burners in a row. I mean, every every single one of the last nine have been close. Now, obviously, had we played better than some of them, they wouldn't have all been close. Um, but, yeah, I do I think we were a little bit worn down emotionally. Some of the close losses and nine straight, you know, heavy games, probably the toughest nine-game stretch that any college football play, team played anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd look back on it and say yes. Dude, did you tell us to get out? Well, what do you mean the heat of the Pac-12 schedule? I know the conference is stacked this year. But come on, man. That's what you're going to? barn burners and how tough the conference is and I'd put my schedule up against anybody's yeah but what about your results you're one in five in your last six and how about this Washington's in that same conference they're handling it pretty well they're still undefeated 
Oregon's in that same conference. They're handling it pretty well. They've only lost to Washington. There are four better teams who handled the Pac-12 schedule than your Trojans. My man, they did not go out and poach you and commit $10 million a year for you to be looking up at four other Pac-12 teams. So miss me with that horrible excuse. They brought you here for results. And I'm talking big-time results, big-time bowl games, CFP types of stuff, natties. That's what they're dropping $10 million per. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's their money. They can spend it any way they want. But I'll tell you what they didn't spend it for. A bunch of bullcrap excuses and a 7-7 and record. But hey, at least he did show up for the postgame. Unlike Caleb Williams, who ducked out on the media. And probably just played his last game in college. Another reason why you should probably not duck out on the media. I always say it. There's, over the years when I've done this, no college players or no programs have been better about giving up players to come on this show than USC and Notre Dame. For whatever reason, those two programs always have guys interview extremely well. This dude just ducked out the back door. Just know this. Young guy, made a mistake. Hopefully he learns from that mistake, but that ain't going to play in the NFL. Not in New York, not in Chicago, or not on any other garbage franchise you're sure to end up on. They will have questions. The heat will only get hotter. Man, just a horrendous year all the way around for Lincoln Riley and USC. If you had said to me before the year started, you know, there's going to be a time where he loses five of six games to drop to 7-7 and overall, I'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to say that he's going to get into the college football playoff or he's going to win a natty. Not with that defense. We've seen his track record. But no way USC ever loses five of six. Which brings me back to the Michigan man and Ann Arbor. And why has Lincoln Riley taken a bigger hit in my mind than Jim Harbaugh? Well, I mean, Harbaugh's program is a total bleep show. Total circus. But the dubs keep rolling in. Harbaugh's reputation might have taken a major hit. And he may not be on the sideline against Ohio State. But at least his team made it to the game undefeated. Right, Rome, they cheat. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll give you that. But they roll into the game 11-0 for the second straight year. It's the first time the Wolverines have done that since 01-02. Right, Rome, because they cheat. All right, I'll give you that too. But they did win their 1,000th game in program history on Saturday. So I want to go back to that when I can. So say what you want about Harbaugh, the Michigan man, and how big of a hit his rep has taken. Agreed. Agreed. But they are undefeated still. And they've got a chance to hit all of their targets, all of their goals. USC isn't hitting jack. USC is an embarrassment. I never thought that I would see that program drop that far that fast. Under a $10 million coach and a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I mean, that is shocking. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you too because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com 
for details. Head, let me bring you in. There are no easy bets, but you did it again. You won the weekend with your NFL picks. Congrats. How you feeling today? Life is good, baby boy. Really, really good. <laughs> I'm waiting How about to hear that from baby Eddie, boy. Though. It's the best ever. I cannot wait baby to hear boy. from him, too. <laughs> he's not. He's got to be having a tough time. Eddie is not calling, dude. He's How? not calling. He's probably not coming out of the apartment. I think he's going to spin it. I think he's going to try somehow, some way. I have faith in. Uh, oh no, he's got to. He Coast has Matt. to come in, right? He has yeah, he's to. Got to come in. You have to do Dude, that. Dean, when Dino in Vegas is winning, you have to come in. He's dunking on Eddie right now. I mean, Rex Lee dunking on me. Can't believe that Dino <laughs> yeah. is dunking on him. This is much worse. Yeah. Yes, by far. I think so. What do you think? I do. Okay. <laughs> Dino, no, which no, one no, are you no. enjoying more, though? Yeah. Not um, Rex Lee. Yeah, yeah of course. Agree with what you That's pretty much the highlight of your life. Posterizing. All right. Posterizing. <laughs> spell spell that head. No, thank you. Spell head head. Uh, no, nah, we're good. Uh, yeah. I can I can spot you the H, the E, the A, and the D, and you still couldn't spell head. J E T. All right. So on paper, let's get to it. Head on paper, it looks like one of the games of the year. It looks like it's gonna be an absolute blast. It doesn't always play out like that on the grass. I'm thinking though, this game is going to kick ass. We Hell just yeah. need to decide how to play it. And how to get paid. The number has been moving around a bit this morning. Where has that number stopped? And what are you doing with this game, Head? Yeah, it keeps moving up and down. The number is right now Kansas City minus two and a half. Once again, I'm going to lay the points and go with the Chiefs here. Um, you chalky little bitch. Chalky little bitch tonight. Got to be chalky with this one. Um, neither team has been as good as they were last year. I agree with that. But Casey's defense is better. It's actually really good. They rank second in scoring and fifth in yards per play, but their weakness is their run defense, and that's not great tonight. They allow four and a half yards per carry, and as yeah, we know, the Eagles Philly, don't run it as well anymore, do they? No, they do not. But, Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, it's all right. But they do have a massive advantage in the trenches, and that's what worries me tonight against Kansas City. And if Casey loads up in the box, Jalen will beat them over the top, as we know, with the best wideout tandem in the NFC, namely that AJ guy. So... Patrick is going to have to put up some points. And despite having the opposite receiving room in his building than Sorry to interrupt, has, Ted. You're doing what you always do. You make an argument for the other team that's a better argument than the team you're picking. You've been doing this lately the last I, few weeks. I do it all the time, though. I just want to throw it all out there. Fair enough. Go ahead. Yeah. But I think tonight, why I like Kansas City is I think Pat's receivers actually produce if they can actually catch the damn ball, that is. And because it's the Eagles' pasty has been, well, uh, you know, backside Molinari. Entering the weekend, the Eagles have... Thank you. Wait, who, who would have ever said that about that secondary either? I know, it's wild. They're going to get better, though, with the addition they made, and now your guys are going to be healthy. But entering this weekend, they had given up the most receptions, yards, and touchdowns to wideouts, and they have allowed a 130.4 rating to tight ends. Not good when the other team has the world's most popular Swifty who can't be covered anyways. Another interesting battle will be uh, the Kansas City line against that Eagles pass rush. Remember, the Eagles were hyped before the Super Bowl about being historical, and the Chiefs line shut their ass down, 0.0 sacks. Philly said it was because of the garbage-ass field in Arizona, but we will see tonight. Oh. Numbers, Jalen Hurts also has never been good as an ATS um dog he's five and ten on his career and pat and andy are five and oh coming off the bye let's hope they take a play out of coach paper rock sirianni's playbook and less thinking means a talent takeover less thinking equals talent takeover 
Chiefs minus two and a half. Where's the All camera? right. If Interesting analysis. I, I'm going to double up on some of what you said, but tough. To, first of all, less thinking does equal talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. That's true. That That's will me. always be true. Where's the camera? Mm-hmm. Tough call, though. Tough call. As mentioned at the moment, I think both of these teams, while in their top or the top of both conferences, I, I don't think they were that they were last year, but they're good still. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is still and always will be dangerous. Mahomes? His interception rate, though, Head, has never been higher. His touchdown yes. rate has never been lower. Mm-hmm. They're still good offensively, but they're not the juggernaut they've been in the past. Good news for them. Philly is actually, how do I put this? How do I put this? Uh, give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. Okay. Utter ass. In defending the opposition's tight end. They just are. They're terrible. Philadelphia cannot cover tight ends, and they have to deal with arguably the best tight end ever in Travis Kelsey, a guy that Mahomes targets way more than anybody else. Everybody knows that's coming, and nobody can stop it. And I would imagine, especially Philadelphia, they can't stop anybody's tight end, much less the best tight end. On the flip side, they're going to be without their tight end, Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to have theirs. They have to contend with the best in the game, and they're pretty much the worst at defending that position. Go figure out how that's going to work. Losing Goddard to me is a problem, but to your point, they still have Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. They still have Devontae Smith. They still have A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. and both have been awesome, especially Brown. Hurts has been solid the last three weeks. QB rating of 100-plus. Mm-hmm. They're just not running it as well as they did last year. That may not be an issue week to week, but I think it might be tonight, even mm-hmm. if you don't think so. And then back to that point about the Chiefs' offense not being what it was, to your point, the offense is not what it was, but the defense, dude, yes. is as stout as it's been in quite some time. When was the last time you remember a Chiefs' defense being this good? Um, Gunther. Ah, time's up. Yeah, yeah Gunther. <laughs> you love Gunther, dude. Loved him back you in the day. You loved Gunther. Yeah. Anyway, the thing to me about KC is they get heavy pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and they can do so without tricking it up or getting super exotic with it. They can get pressure with four dudes. Mm-hmm. And as dangerous as Smith and Brown are, the Chiefs' secondary has been really solid. Really they good. effectively shut Tyreek Hill down, and they shut him up. And those two things are nearly impossible possible to do in short well maybe not what they were they're still good enough that i feel fairly comfortable in laying the points i'm yes. with you Chiefs minus two and a half now the thing that you're better at than i am Where's the camera? you're really good at hedging that bet with a prop bet or two is there anything that you see that you like Unless my guys get hurt, that is. Um, I, I'll, I'll play off your Mahomes theory here. Over .5 interceptions, minus 110 money. You mentioned his interception rate. He's on pace to throw 15 interceptions this season. Mm. It would be a career high for him. He's forcing a lot of stuff because of those wideouts. Mm. So let's go over .5 interceptions tonight. I like that. Anything yeah. else? Uh, you could go Rasheed Rice anytime touchdown for plus 210. I mean, I mentioned those Eagles numbers. It's not a bad play on plus 210. He's got four touchdowns, same as Kelsey, and he's probably the one guy that'll get it outside of Kelsey down there, I would think. Would you spend money, or are you just saying, yeah, if you want something to do, you can do this, but I'm not doing it? I'd go smaller on it. I'd spend a little money. All right, I feel yeah. you. Run it back. What do you got tonight? Chiefs minus 2.5 v. Eagles. Patrick Mahomes over .5 interceptions, and Rasheed Rice plus 210 number for a touchdown at any time. All right, head. Nice job. Let's do it. Let's get paid. Thank you. Can't wait for Barry Goat. Good night now!